0: me your name and phone number and the branch of service 9856373849 6373849 Hoorah! thank you
2: I'm Ben Utek. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but I can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type, and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion. So parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com slash concussion. That's aan.com slash concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology.
3: You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattengill Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill.
1: Check it out, George. Hour number three. Time in. Who I want to hear from you. What did you think about the game on Friday? I know it was a couple days ago, but since we last talked, you literally have had a game and two practices. Team practicing yesterday in the Dome and practicing again this morning. So we'll go into some of the things that stood out in those two practices. But I want your game ball And I also want to hear from you when it comes to pat on the back. And also, did anybody play, I guess poorly enough, for you to say that they needed to have a seat next to coach? I don't know if I sort of feel that way. Look, again, I would look at the Ian Book play in that game as, to me, didn't do what I think he needed to do to make me feel, hey, that's roster spot is his or solidify it, but I wouldn't call it. He played in a manner to have a seat next to coach. I think he played in a manner that just kind of reassured me what I feel that I don't see how you hand him a roster spot right now because you have other guys that did stand out and it was failure to, to see the field perhaps. And, and just do some, I just didn't do things to me that go, okay, yep, that's it. There he is. I didn't see it. Um, I think a lot of people have suggested and have posted, hey, give the game ball to Chris Alave. Alave on Friday scoring the touchdown. I thought as I went over it again, he did an outstanding play, finding space and just doing things with his body that allowed that play to happen and get the touchdown there. Book is back. Blocked by the tight end, Vanette to the end zone. Caught for the Touchdown. Chris
3: Horwave! One of the all-time great touchdown receivers in Big
1: Ten history comes up with a 20-yard touchdown reception. I mean, you watched that. And I love the booze, by the way. Isn't it nice when you hear the booze cascading from Lambeau. No, but look, that, that was awesome. Just to see him find space, get into space, do all those different aspects of it. I, I gave him a pat on the back. Should be a game ball. I, I hear you. Um on Friday, I said, look, if I'm Ian Book, fine, 12 often, only three targets. But look, again, after you see that, you see him you know, play the whole half. The reason I'm giving the game balls to others, I think, because it at this point of these games in the season, it's about helping your roster spot and, and do those things. We did get a call today, though, that said the game balls needs to go to special teams, in particular, Blake Gilligan. San Francisco, Gilligan with the punt. Wind aided, driving Amari Rodgers back, 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 back to about the 12, bouncing
3: him into the end zone on a touchback. A gigantic hang
1: time, but even a bigger yard of 81 yards. 81 yards. And then Gilligan yesterday posted a photo where he um got 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 a little letter from the NFL. By the way, <laughs> you're being drug tested. Yes. No. Seriously. He was getting drug tested for doing that. So, you know, it is what it is. The other game ball, possibly. Try by Lutz. The hold by Gilligan.
3: The wind to his back. 59-yarder
1: by Lutz is, he it. is- I mean, 59 yards by well, Lutz. Look, game balls to the special teams because I would say two players – that stood out in that game were because of special teams. And what's interesting is both of those players are in position groups that have a lot of battles, and in their names in those battles that we've talked about. We had Grafon on Friday or anybody else that covers a team. When it comes to the running backs, hey, who can separate themselves in the running back room between, you know, Abram Smith, Devine Azigbo, Tony Jones Jr. Who's that third back? What can they do? We've been saying if you can do something else as well, being that is, that is the way of the the NFL now. I was going to say the, the rule of the land with the Saints, but every team does that. You, you don't have that many roster spots. L- listen to Dennis Allen today. Dennis Allen today was kind of brought up a little bit about this, about being able to have multiple roles. Listen.
4: You know, you're only talking about carrying 48 on game day. And so if you got a guy that can play multiple roles and do multiple things for you. Um, it gives you a lot of flexibility on game We're game.
1: talking about making a final 53, and he just brought it even more to a focal point. You can only dress so many. I don't know. I've said this before. I don't know why, if the NFL is all about safety. why? Can't, if you got 53, why can't they dress and play? That makes no sense to me anyway. But Kirk Merritt, in particular, we'll start with him. He was one of the guys, you know, you saw Bushrod and Juan Kincaid from Fox 8 afterwards in a post game mention the guys on the broadcast from Vilma, Stinchcomb and Myers. They're like, Hey, this guy's standing out. He's in the receiving core. At least he was. His stats after that game, Kirk Merritt, zero receptions for zero yards, two targets. However, on returns, he, Returned the ball twice for 84 yards along a 59. Let's go to the receipt to the running back room. Who's going to be that third back? Who stands out? Devon Azigbo, seven carries, 40 yards, Led all running backs. Ian Book led all <clears throat> carriers at 49 on seven carries. Six of them probably shouldn't. just. Anyway, it is what it is. If, if you like Ian Book, I can't help you. I just, anyway, Devon Zigbo. Seven carries, forty yards. He led all running backs in yardage. Abram Smith, nine carries, twenty-four. Tony Jones Jr., four carries, nineteen yards. But why was everybody talking about him? Why did Nick Underhill from New Orleans, that football, John Hendricks, triplet, you name it, every Luke John, everyone wrote going into yesterday. Tony Jones Jr. separates himself. Why? Let's scroll back now. In the box score, there it is. Returns, I just mentioned Merritt, two for 84. He had two for 53. Let's scroll a little higher, though, into the defensive category. There's Tony Jones Jr. again. Two tackles, one solo. So in three different categories, Tony Jones Jr., his name pops up. You know who got waived yesterday? Devon Zigbo So it's Tony Jones Jr., Abram Smith, and now Kirk Merritt. Who said after practice, I haven't cut the sound, you'll hear it from tomorrow. But apparently the coaches came up to him over the weekend. And approached him about switching to running back. That's right, you heard me. He was practicing with the running backs yesterday in the Dome. That sounds to me like they see he's got talent, speed, can play special teams. I don't see how you make the receiving room. But in their mind, again, if I'm just going tit for tat, and I'm just looking at transaction, they released a running back and added him. Maybe they're envisioning that's the way he can make the roster. But it's interesting. I Again, because it just doesn't make any sense. You have four days before the last preseason game. At this point, you're not putting him in the running back room to see if he can make the team as a running back. You're using that spot, essentially, to put him on the team so he can play special teams. That's the only way to really read that. It's too late. Like in camp. Well, let's see if you can outrun Tony Jones Jr. as a running back. Let's see if it, that's not what they're doing there. They released Devon Exigebo and put him into the <clears throat> running back room. <laughs> Look, again, I just it just I, I think if you one way to read it is the coaching sounds like that guy's our returner. But he's not gonna make it as a receiver. Because of numbers. And again, I go back to as why you have to wonder if that roster spot that normally would be held for that third quarterback, in this case, Ian Book, that's a Tony Jones Jr. on the roster. That's a Kirk Merritt on the roster. That's why you just look at it. It makes sense. Right? Cajun Goat, thank you for giving us a buzz. How are you today?
4: All right, brother. I'm doing pretty good. No, I'm living uh, rent free in Mister Miami's head, um, <laughs> and and let him know that the curse started in 1985. 1985, the Bears, uh, they beat was the Bears. The curse. I
1: like that's it. right when Sounds they beat good. the Bears, yep.
4: And the Bears went 15 and one.
1: That's right.
4: That's when the curse started. They started popping popping bubbles. But <laughs> any which way, <laughs> the uh, I, I thought I thought uh, Penning. And that's what I really watched, Gus. I thought he had, I thought he played very well in that game. I thought, you know, compared to his first game, to this game, I mean, the guy, the guy made massive improvements to me. I mean, that first game, I I, I thought he looked clumsy. I thought he didn't have that center of balance. He just didn't look like he was going to get there, but he he totally changed my whole thought on him now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, I think he can get better as it goes. And and I agree with you. It's going to have to be in playing time, Gus. Got to get that playing time.
1: Yeah, no, and look, uh, I, I course, would say, marriage. I would say you, 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 you visibly saw improvement, right? And, and visibly, even for me, it's not only, obviously you didn't see people pressure that much on that side. To me, it was just his posture, his stance. And again, I'm not an offensive lineman, but I think you saw some of the things that an untrained guy like me at that position saw. And it's what I asked Marlon last week, right? I'm like, he looks high. He looks like he's not balanced. It's easy to go underneath him and all that. And I, he looked more hunched over this week. He looked more in control. I think he was ready for the speed of it. And that's a pretty good defense. I also do think Cajun Goat helped him probably to practice against those guys too. Like, in the game, he was probably going up against guys he practiced against on Tuesday and Wednesday, you know?
4: Right. Right. And, and, and it, like they say, that's valuable time, because He, he got two games into, uh, one weekend. That's great. And, and as far as matter, I think moving him to running back, I mean, let's be honest. He really had a couple opportunities to catch some balls that it went right through his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, moving him at running back because of his kick return, the way he sees the field, uh, might be, might, might be something like a Ty Montgomery type of thing. Maybe they're seeing like a Ty Montgomery type of guy yeah. here, you know, that he was a wide receiver that can, that can also be a running back, you know, uh, special teams, like you said, you know, it, maybe he could be that extra guy on special teams that, that, uh, or that guy that can just give you kind of a little pop or whatever, you know, uh, I, I, like, I, I hope they let him run a little bit this weekend as a running back, uh, just to see what he does because man, he's, he's pretty hard to get down. He's not an easy guy to tackle.
1: Right. And, and you know and that's you the know? thing too. When you look at him and you look at Tony Jones as well, man. I mean, those guys got out there and and did that. And look, I it's nuts that I know. I, I get it. You know, it's not jersey selling and all that. But how important are those three areas for you if you can punt it, change the field position, kick it, literally get yes. points from fifty nine yards out, or at least be comfortable enough that you know you you can probably get up and go get that next beer during the uh, after the touchdown because the extra point should be good, right? And more importantly, that when they do punt, you got people that can go down there and make tackles. You know, you got a punter that can not only kick it forever, but can kick it high enough to where you get those gunners. And you get that, like, that that wins you games, man. That wins you games, period. And it can lose you games. Definitely.
4: I think the only disappointing thing in these two games that I've seen that, that kind of becoming a concern to me is the defensive line, which we're supposed to have a lot of depth at. Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of pressures. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, getting gashed with the running game. I mean, I know that has to do a little bit with linebackers, but the linebackers can't get to the running backs if the defensive line are getting pushed back into them. So that defensive line, I, and I see, uh, uh, Taco Chaucer, I know he made a sack and all, but, uh, on the run game, I see him always out of position, too. So, uh, that's a little concern for me right now is that, as uh, that defensive line. And uh, I, yeah, I'm sure when they get the veteran guys in there, and it, it'll probably look better. But, yeah. you know, the Saints have started kind of slow on defense a couple times. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping this is not one of those years they do that where they start off slow and then they, they become this, uh, you know, three games in, they right. become one of these uh
1: Elite you know, defense. Awesome no, defense. Know. That'd that, be that great if kind of like they that, do, that but I'm just saying. It takes them a while to, to get going. It, it, they were better last year at it. And, 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 you know, I've gotten a little bit better at it. Look, I, look, I'm with you as we go to break here and we'll bring in Marlon Favreite. Um, look, if the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> if, if you're calling me on September 12th and you're like, I'm concerned about the defensive line because they didn't get any pressure in Mariota, we're in trouble because that, that is not a good, why don't you watch tonight against the Jets? Just go ahead and watch tonight, 7 p.m. ESPN, Jets falcons monday night football Let, let's talk tomorrow about what we see i'm gonna to watch too and then we'll, it, then we'll talk tomorrow about what we see should i be concerned all right, Ryan, or Ryan, I all Ryan,
4: right? I, don't charge me no rent in your head brother don't charge me no rent
1: <laughs> there he is oh there we go he just tweeted he just texted you gonna be a one in six start tell the goat
5: there it is there you go. all
1: right when we come back marlon favorite what's going on in baton rouge we'll find out now when we come back on ESPN, you're welcome.
2: They
6: all say she's crazy Locking
2: rhythm to the beat of the heart An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck
3: your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will see king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the King at 909-KING.
1: LA20-11133
3: Time is money.
4: RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call Revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name? Same company. Learn more at Let'sRev.com. 106 miles to Chicago. we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes.
1: It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
3: Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Let's
1: get right to it. Marlon Favorites, as always, appreciate the time. Sir Big Pay 504 is the way to follow over on Twitter. Got a text this morning from a close friend. What is the NCAA doing? Is it unfair? What's going on with John Emery? I saw the reports yesterday he could be suspended for the first two games of the season. And um, I don't know. Marlon, you're part of the LSU Sports Radio Network. What, what's going on? I, I, does this stem from last year?
6: Yes, yeah, this, this stems from last year. This, this lingers from uh, last year's suspension. They are going to appeal. They're going to uh, try to appeal and, and get an answer, hopefully, by early next week, um, you know, since Coach Brian Kelly has been there, November twentieth, um, uh, John Emery's been excellent academically. So, new coaching staff, new regime. Coach Kelly has a total different set of uh, rules and regulations from uh, Coach Ed Ozeron in, in, in that regard, for, for for John Emery, so you know, with the new coach, hopefully, the, you know that that will not tamper with him being able to play in that first game, which could potentially be his last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's nuts. I almost feel like, you know, from his announcement to now. I mean, I you know, look again. I'm not being ugly. I just I I would say he probably would also say it's been a disappointing collegiate career, right? I mean, the the how touted he was coming in and the success he had at high school level, just it has not translated into college so far.
6: Um. Well. It's, it's kind of unfair for John Emory, does because his first year, he, he exploded. I mean, of course, we had Clyde edwards um here, and, and, and Clyde uh, had a phenomenal uh, senior year at LSU, which landed him a first-round draft pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. But John was very active on that team, and he didn't really have a chance to have that number one, number two running back in the country uh, deal manifest because of, Clyde was a freshman year. and being a freshman, of course, the 5-5 five and five season the next year, Corona year, was a trip, and then last year, he was suspended, so in, in, in actuality, this is this is his first time to like really shine and have a full season as that guy, as Coach Kelly said, that's our number one running back, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in, in seeing how this ruling is going to go next week for the young man.
1: As far as other news that Brian Kelly is going to probably give us this week, it looks like it's going to be a starter, right? It kind of looks more and more like Jaden Daniels, is it because perhaps of, you know, the the injury to Nussmeier? Is he just a little bit more experienced and, and can kind of do what, what, what Nuss does? I don't know. I mean, what what, what are you kind of getting a sense and feel, though? It does look, though, like we'll find out this week, if not by Wednesday.
6: I think we will find out um, at some point this week, if not tomorrow, as you mentioned Wednesday, uh, sooner than later, because c- this is the deal. When you get to this point of training camp when, you know, the students are back in school mm-hmm. and um, you have a game coming up within the next week, you don't want to bring that confusion on. I mean, I know it was one year or two years. Actually, uh, last year we did that too. Hello, somebody. We ran a two-quarterback system. I don't think that's one of those situations with the Tigers this year. I do think that um, it's Jaden Daniels' job to, uh, to lose. I think he's going to be announced the starter. Doesn't have anything to do with Gary. I'm not sure, because he kind of had the edge then. Kind of like Gary's a young guy, and you, know, yeah. you have a for sure quarterback. He can continue to develop. But in the case of Jaden Daniels, he he had already proven himself um, as, as a elite quarterback in college football, you know, being able to get awards. And basically he transferred here because better opportunity for him and Coach Kelly wanted him here. It brought him here two places. So, I, I do think he will be announced as starter. Um, and and I probably, if you look at it like this, guy's that might put them in the best position in a, in a very competitive uh, SEC West, too. <laughs>
1: True and Marlon favorite. a big fave. 504 is a way to follow over on Twitter. Your Cowboys. 32 to 18 over the Charges, The Super Bowl contending favorite Chargers. 0 oh, and 2 in the preseason. You guys are 1 and 1. Apparently the greatest single performance in a preseason game came in LA over the weekend. Your thoughts on the team led by Stick. As your quarterback, 11 of 20, 134 <laughs> yards. And the touchdown, I have to click on it. Easton stick. There you go. No, I, I, that's the Chargers quarterback. I don't even know who quarterback for you guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: There it, it is. Knows, um, Will it Greer. Is, there right. it is. Will
1: Greer, Cooper Rush, and Ben DiNucci was two for two for four yards for your, for your uh, Dallas Cowboys.
6: You gotta love the preseason. You gotta love it. <laughs> 32 to 18 to a team that's probably a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, the Go yeah. for it. Go for it, Cowboys. <laughs> Look, I was listening to Marcus Spears and uh, Kimberly Martin this morning on Get Up. I don't know how I was up that early. I'm actually out here in L.A. right now, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I was just kind of paying attention to Spears. He was like hopeful and I'm like, man, I hope, I hope uh, that they do something. But I'm nervous. I ain't gonna lie, it's my first. Day. I'm nervous. You know. <laughs> and Kim was like, you know, he was just praying to Jesus. And Kim was like. Well, Mark, does it seem like you want us to walk by faith and not by sight? And what I'm seeing in Dallas, <laughs> just, I thought that was funny uh, early this morning. But, but to, to that point, you have a, a defense that had a year under Dan Quinn already in the Cowboys. It's a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott. You know, he doesn't have a Cooper. He does have Ceedee Lamb. Um, they have some injuries that, that they're dealing with, of course, in their receiving core with with, uh, with Gallup. So, boy, and it, it, look, Gus, uh, that Eagles. This is the best preseason Eagles roster I've seen since I was there in 2011, you know, to the play they clown me when I flew and lost gravity. Yeah, but when I was there, that team was loaded. You had Michael Vick, you had Vince Young, at the quarterbacks, you had Le- uh, LeSean McCoy, you had Rodney Brown, you had Nandi awesome I mean, that Philly team was loaded. Mm-hmm. That Philly team this year is loaded like that, if not better.
1: Let me ask you two quick things here. We're starting to get uh, close on time. But your um your thoughts on the hit on Kayvon Thibodeau in, in that Giants game, do you think it was dirty or not? I mean, you're a defensive player. I'm sure you've had people cut block you, cut back block, whatever. Like, what do you consider dirty? My, my only thing with that is Kayvon doesn't even face the tight end. He just kind of stands there because the play is away from him. I almost feel like – it was similar to the Michael Thomas injury, where he, he's looking away and he thought the play is over, just stands there and gets rolled up on. But as a D tackle, when the tight end goes at your knee like that, is it dirty, or do you have to see that engage that maybe jump and and, and not get the full brunt of the hit? I don't know. You tell me.
6: Well, when you can see it, you could take on a, on on the brunt better, Gus. But I mean, to be to be completely honest with you, that was dirty, and and I had a, I have a huge problem with that. Um, because if you're doing making a cut block, like, you're never supposed to go by, by below a guy's knee. On a cut block, you're supposed to drive through a guy's thigh, which there's a pad there. There's a pad by the knee, but it's also a gazillion joints. So I just I just felt like that was dirty, and that they could have pretty much hurt their first-round draft pick. You know, so I, I, that was dirty. I, I never did, like, those blocks, those type of blocks. That's how okay. Glenn Dorsey got hurt the way he did, yeah. because of that. So... You
1: know? Final thing for you, it's along those lines. Look, we had a caller or two already today. They're concerned, and I get it. No Hill, no Thomas, no Lattimore, no Washington, no P.J. Williams, no Hanson Ruiz, Taco Hurst, Troutman today at practice. Uh, and Dennis Allen said it's just it's that time of camp. You're, you're beat up. You've played some football games. You've done practice. Your body probably doesn't have the time to recover because, Marlon, normally during a football season you play – and you have six days, right? I mean, I know you practice, but it's not like training camp practices followed by games. These bodies really aren't exactly healing right now. Is this normal? Should we be concerned if you're a Saints fan by some of these players getting injured? And is this what it is expected, the, the soft tissue injuries, your hamstrings, your groins, your things of that nature?
6: I don't think it's to be concerned as as if it was the middle of the regular season because a lot of times these guys are working out the kinks from the off season, So a lot of these injuries are soreness. So I wouldn't really be in a panic. You know, you just really want to – it's more banging going on now than during the season. During the season, we have about two intense days. <laughs> the Wednesday and a little bit of Thursday, and after that it's pretty much game mode. So, you know, hopefully those guys, uh, you know, a lot of those – that did not have to do with more about soreness as
1: opposed to, like, real injuries. Well, Marlon, Friday when we speak, we'll be talking about game day, the final preseason game for the Saints. So we'll get your takes as to um, what happens there. And my guess is we may be talking about a official LSU starting quarterback.
6: This is my guess.
1: Just my guess. I don't yeah, know
6: anything. Yes. Yeah. And, and hopefully an early uh, praise report on John Henry that he could get, get, him, get him going soon. But, Gus, I'm a little upset with you, man. It looks like y'all had a media flag football game and I yes. didn't get an invite. How did that happen? I didn't get no invite. I'm in the media now. Well, first
1: know. off, first off, you would have <laughs> killed us because um, I don't know if we could have been able to move out of that way. I have a sore tendon on my heel foot, maybe is the planner. Ooh. I'm hoping it's not torn. The front of my right knee is tender. I'm hoping it's not an MCL, <laughs> and, and I'm just sore. i just—I mean, I'm just sore. <laughs> um, I would much rather be doing what you're doing. You're now—you're in, in LA doing what? Well,
6: I mean, I actually had to come out here to take care of some business, but I will be back. I will be back, uh, I will be back um, on Wednesday tomorrow. I'll be back yeah. tomorrow evening.
1: There you go, little, little business out there. <laughs>
6: I'm, not, I'm not going. I'm not going to visit Aaron Donald right now. Okay. My city is. Don't worry about it. No, I was it's
1: making good. sure, man. You know I mean? L.A., you know, where, where dreams are made out there. All right, buddy. Yeah. Uh, travel safe back over here, man, and we'll see you on Friday.
6: Let's get it, brother. Y'all have a good
1: week. Y'all yeah, for sure. <laughs> there he goes. At Big Fave 504 is the way to follow Marlon Favorite on Twitter. Uh, when we come back, John Hendricks, he was at practice this morning. He watched the, the media game <laughs> last night. Maybe I'll ask him to break down my play. I don't know. It's the Sports Hangover next on ESPN New Orleans.
2: Get in zone,
3: AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Uh, thinking about gas mileage. An oil change with quality oil like
4: Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic can help your engine get more out of every mile. Right now, you can get
3: 5 quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $35.99. Get what you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6200 stores or on AutoZone.com. Get in zone,
2: AutoZone.
3: bundling is easy with geico just ask your neighbors
2: what is hope hope to me was just that he would get to come home i had no idea how hard it would be once he got back i wish she'd stop drinking so much she thinks it's helping but it's not
1: i hope she sees that soon
6: i act like i don't care if he comes to my games but i hope he does i used to hope he'd
1: find happiness again now I hope our marriage makes it
2: I hope grandpa will get help he thinks it's too late but it's not
5: with everything that he's going through I hope he sees a counselor I just want my brother
6: back
4: I hoped he'd get help stop hoping things would get better on their own he told me to stop asking I didn't then one day he asked for a ride
3: hope is knowing there are other families just like yours that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action.
6: Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to
3: talk. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Katengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. I right,
1: welcome back sports hangover. Just about 26 minutes to go. And then Matt Muskoden after further review will take on over. John J. Hendricks, the way to give a followed, Mr. John Hendricks. Uber busy all the way around, Sports Illustrated, boot crew you name it. Uh John, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm doing
0: well, man. How about
1: yourself? I'm sore. You were there yesterday with Nick <laughs> Underhill on the sideline, essentially sans headset, but you essentially were the coordinator. He was essentially like the sideline reporter, analyst, going Schefter on us. Um, What did you think of the two teams, the gold team and the black team, I, I think I did something to my foot, my knee is sore, and you're probably going to tell me I told you so. <laughs> yeah, look,
0: I was trying to, to get some of those defensive calls in. You know, I I saw, you know, Luke Johnson, it was going to be wide open. That's where Fazan wanted to go with the ball. So <laughs> I was trying to get to that defensive line, but, you know, I didn't have that success there. But, you know, it was a great time, and uh, I, I didn't participate. I'm kind of on the reserve retired list, but I did make some throws, and, I'm a little sore from that too, and so it just proves my point of why I didn't
1: play in that game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those things where my brain's like, let's do it, but I am 46 in my knees and my foot. It's just kind of like, yeah, we told you that. Um, I felt like I was <laughs> playing on last year's Saints offense. We struggled to get first downs, John. We just, we could not get going. If you had to write a recap based off of our offensive performance, how would you, uh, summarize it in two sentences? Yeah,
2: you got to
0: look at the tape. <laughs> um, you know, break it down a little bit, but no, for real. I, I mean, it was a little bit tough. You know, just hard to get some separation out there. Uh, you know, just some opportunities in, in the passing game. Uh, miss some throws, missing touches just too many drop balls. Yeah, and, it was you not know, just, You can't turn it over and expect to win football games. Not against and Company. Up.
1: No, that's not happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had heard the rumor that Garland Gillen took it seriously. That 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 was something. That was something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's a fun time, though.
0: I mean, no, it, it was, sure good. was the competitive side, and you it's
1: know, good. it hadn't
0: happened in a while, so
1: that was good to see. You, you know it's what? it Also, really did effective. John? It also not that I didn't have that appreciation, and I often say when I was the St. Sala reporter for two seasons, I really got a sense and feel in, in seeing what that speed was with Reggie on the field and just NFL football. But man, you just you, I just got a, a, a I guess, a renewed appreciation of what you saw guys like Alave do or others on Friday to where it just looks effortless. They cover the ground. They know where to go on the field and find those openings. There was some positive things, even though it was a loss. I thought there were some things that really stood out, right? Merritt and Tony Jones Jr. making names for themselves and also Alave finding the end zone. What else stood out to you on Friday?
0: Yeah, look, I think that the other parts that you look at it, Trevor Penning had a really good bounce back game. Again, it wasn't a perfect product, but again, that's what you want to see from game to game is somebody that improves and is able to to look a lot better than he did the first week. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was really impressed with Lewis Kidd uh, after, you know, his game. Obviously, he was more in the spotlight because no Landon young there at right tackle, and so... Uh, talked to him after the game. He felt really good about where he's at, but, you know, still needs to improve a little bit where he's at. And, you know, he actually just converted to a tackle last season at Montana State playing 15 games, so he's still trying to pick up some of that pass pro, And he could be a sneaky guy to, to get on the roster. I know he's my dark horse, but I think he definitely deserves to be on the practice squad at worst case. But, you know, you look at other things, um, you know, you look at the defense – tough time. You know, there were some moments and players that stood out. You know, Malcolm Roach was a guy, obviously not a good look on the penalty, but he's somebody who had a really good week of practice. Then he comes in, he has a pretty pretty good game aside from that rough-in-the-passive penalty. Uh, I think that was encouraging, too, but and, and Eric Wilson, defensively, linebacker, mm-hmm. second game in a row, he gets a, a turnover. He's in on a turnover, so that's good production from him. I thought John Bostic looked good, the veteran linebacker, and so I think that would be a few of the takeaways I have. You know, Ian Book tough outing. Uh, some of the defense tough outing, getting pulled on at Denny Antling. Boot was was a bad look, but you know, it's it's football. It's preseason, and you know, you can't put a thousand points into the stock for all of it.
1: So after our ex- exhibition uh, <laughs> practice took place yesterday in the dome, and you see. Kirk Merritt with the running backs. Today after practice, he spoke and he said, well, they asked him over the weekend. John, is there any other way to read into that other than they like him as a returner, they know he's probably not going to make the roster as a receiver, they, re- they waive Devon Azebo, who is a running back. That, I don't know how else to make sense out of that other than y- y- they're not trying to get him to make the team as a running back with four days before the final preseason game. I, I think he's on the roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. You know, I think that they want to get some extra looks at him, and they told us after fact, he hadn't had a handoff since 2015, and it's <laughs> something that they kind of told him over the weekend. And, look, we knew going in that this wide receiver room was pretty stacked, right? I mean, you got Thomas, you got Olave, you got Jarvis Landry, Then out of that you got Traquan Smith and Deontay Hardy. I don't know if Marquez Callaway is going to make the team. I just – don't know if I've seen enough from him that says you got to keep a six receiver. And so mm-hmm. a guy like Merritt who can do returning and, you know, special teams work and maybe run the football and catch passes, maybe you say this is a guy that has a little bit more upside. Now, right. I don't see him on the final roster yet, you know, because he said it after practice, too. He had uh, one of those passes he should have got, and the other one he did everything. If he makes that diving catch, yeah. I think he's on the team. So I don't know if it's too late for a guy like him. I know he's going to get interest if, if he hits, you know, the, uh, the the you know doesn't survive final cut. A lot of teams are going to be interested in him. So I don't know. It's a wait and see type thing, and it's it's really intriguing to think how they're going to piece together this final roster with so many question marks um, and so many different guys that you say, okay, well, if I keep Merritt, does that mean I lose another linebacker or safety, or do I need to keep extra offensive linemen because Hurst is hurt, or Landon Young's hurt, and, and Cesar Ruiz now, two days in a row, he hasn't been at practice or spotted.
1: All right, along those lines, I guess that, that, that will be how we probably wrap up your segment here, sir, because I know we've already got a couple <laughs> phone calls, and it is. Look, I mean, it's it's a list. It's a list of names, and, and they're names. It's Hill, it's Thomas, it's Lattimore, it's Washington, it's Williams, who's seen work at safety. Um, Hanson, Ruiz, as you mentioned, Taco, Hearst, Troutman, I mean, if – if Hurston Ruiz, I, you know, I just, I don't want to get into that. I just, it's it's kind of one of those things. I, I get it. If you're a Saints fan today and you're going, wow, we still got another preseason game to go.
0: Yeah. Look, and I mean, those 12 names, it's pretty significant. And everything I've heard, Taco Charlton's dealing with the injury, Devin White, minor injuries, uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, those things are going to happen. And Dennis Allen said after practice, I mean, look, it's just kind of the toll of everything, right? It just, bumps and bridges, things that are happening. I mean, it was good to see Alonji Taylor back on the field just doing individual work. Warner, same thing. I mean, that's an encouraging sign. But now you're looking at key pieces of your offensive line and then our, our, our offensive line that aren't out there. You're, you know, optimistic about Davenport's chances. I don't know if we'll see him week one, though, as, as the way the trajectory is going. But, you know, look, their first regular season game is week one. It's September 11th right around the corner so they do get some reprieve after this game on friday and so look, i i don't think it's time to say let's be concerned and hit the panic button just yet but you know some of these guys don't show up later in the week and nobody uh, none of them are around when it comes to the chargers preseason game so you might be a little bit more concerned here but you know of course i think that's, that's the the kind of mo sometimes of uh Think fans is be a little bit more pessimistic than optimistic when it comes to these injuries because they've been bit in the butt so many times.
1: Uh, no doubt. And you look around the league, Johnny, you just see all these injuries, season endings, and you know, the Bucks lost another guard here as well. I, I think that's my thing that and I thought it was interesting how Dennis Allen answered it today to the question, is this a deeper roster than last year? And he said, Well, let's play it out. And he's right, because if some of that depth happens to have to be your starters, then you don't have that depth, right? I mean, that's that. That's how that works. It makes sense. If, you know, your starters aren't ready to go there, I mean, same thing. You know, like you would initially want Marcus Davenport to be your starter with Turner backing him up and things of that nature, and same thing with the line. If, you know, some of the guys that you were going to start aren't starting, well, now you're starting guys who's, you know, you got to look up the roster.
0: Yeah, look, and that's the thing is, you know, I feel like those, much stronger and better along on their depth than they have been in years. Um, you know, again, you, you want to have the starters there. You want to have Davenport. But, you know, like you said, the, the depth is there. You can roll out a Carl Granderson who's, who's been, you know, only improving. You've got a Tano passing y'all there. You still have a Peyton Turner that's there. You know, you still have some ideas, some some guys. and would say they'll be okay. Like, I would say... I obviously not having have Mar- a big deal, but, you know, I feel really good about Paulson Debo and I feel really good about Bradley Roby. You want to have Marshawn Lattimore in there, but, you know, outside of that, it's kind of hard because a lot of Taylor hasn't been there, and, and, again, he should hopefully be okay. But, you know, safety position, deep. Defensive line, deep. Uh, linebacker position, I think you're pretty deep there. Offensive line, not so optimistic. Tight end, also not so optimistic It's where they're deep at. Um, that's the two concerns I'd have. If you have injuries right now to that spot, I just don't think you have enough there on the tight end position because, you know, Nick Van had a pretty tough camp. I think he's definitely on the roster bubble. I don't think he makes final cut. Maybe bring him back in the practice squad. Right. Um, but not having Taysom, not having Troutman, that's hurting. And then your offensive line, you know, the, the combination they used last year, you've got to have solid backup plans it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when it happens
1: yeah no doubt um 30 seconds do you think Jameis plays Friday I I don't
0: I, I don't think so and I think you know Dennis was asked about the question about the Packers you know last year and their slow start I don't think I'm as worried about this team if they don't roll out their starters I don't think there's any rush to put Jameis out on the field he's getting more work in team drills today um, I think it's only going to increase, but I don't feel like I need to see a lot from Jameis Winston, uh, you know, to, to know that he's definitely the guy that they trust and is going to be there and do everything that they need him to do in the season.
1: It'll be interesting to see what happens Friday in the Dome. John Hendricks, appreciate the time, man. I know you are super busy Sports Illustrated, um, Boot Crew Media as well. You can catch all his daily videos and breakdowns of practices plus those observations. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate yep. you, guys. At John J. Hendricks, we going to give a follow. A quick break. Final segment next, starting at New Orleans. Burn, baby, burn. Burn,
2: baby, burn. Burn, baby, burn. Since 1948.
3: At 74 years, Alaria Brothers has been in the commercial fishing and shrimping supply business, stocking large selections of 12 volt electrical and hydraulic single and double drum winches and hydraulic motors with brakes, beltless clutches, and pumps with brackets. They also carry hydraulic stainless steel skimmer winches, hydraulic valves, and hydraulic steering for up to 65 foot boats. Also, a huge assortment of crab traps and crab trap wire, stocking nylon, plastic, and knotless webbing. You heard about that new webbing, Platina knotless Dyneema? Alaria Brothers also stocks. Sharktail netting that's reinforced with stainless steel wire. They stock four different sizes of galvanized stabilizers, also stocking a large variety of fiberglass cloth, including resin, gel coat, and other supplies needed for fiberglassing. Lost an anchor, Alario Brothers stocks anchors from five pounds to one hundred pounds. Visit Alario Brothers before the season begins. That's Alario Brothers, 894 Avenue A West we go online at AlarioBros.com. Where opportunities are created, not waited on. That's the Danos difference. I've been here for 23
4: years. The opportunity for advancement within Danos was pretty evident early on in my career. They give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry.
3: It's been an excellent ride for me. Join the team that does it different at Danos.com. That's D A N O S.com.
1: Lakeview Massage and Therapy is a must for recovery, getting rid of pesky pain, or to simply relax. It's part of Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic and Wellness, so this isn't a neon sign place. They have specialists performing work geared specifically to you. Rejuvenate with a 60, 90, or 120-minute session of Himalayan salt stone, injury and recovery, lymphatic detox, pre- and postnatal, post-mastectomy movement, traditional therapeutic massages, and ashiatsu. I've had that. You want to try it. Trust me. Lakeviewmassageandtherapy.com for info where recovery meets relaxation
2: how can we be excited about a show where we just talk, talk sports? Talk that's how they talk in the major league now
3: back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau
1: 800-998-1003 the upper cervical family chiropractic phone line that's where all of our guests today have joined us including John Hendricks, Marlon Favreit and Rafael Esparza uh, about another week next Tuesday next Tuesday we'll start having our college football head coaches looking forward to that and coach tim rebo of the Colonels uh scheduled to join us amongst uh all the other coaches that we've had here in the past so looking forward to hearing from the latest from the cajuns the lions and um uh, we may even have the golden eagles this year so we'll um we'll have all that for you here as well plus of course fantasy football it's getting there nick are you um are you a fantasy football guy
5: i am right. uh, i'm at, in about Three or four leagues now. Nice. I we, we are we're gonna
1: have one. It's um I always draft after, you know the final preseason game. So it'll be sometime next week, and uh, just gotta get with Jordan if he's still gonna commission or not. You know I, I haven't heard from him. <laughs> I I had I got some, you know, pre-dawn photo at like five fifty-five in the morning. And it looked like he was just starting to cross the causeway, like <laughs> on a Tuesday or no, it was Wednesday of his first week, like four, three weeks ago. It's like it's the last I, I saw of him. I, I got a photo of his cubicle on that first day and then two days later, the 5.55 a.m. photo of the lake, the cloudy sky and the sun hadn't even risen. That's the last I've heard of him. So. <laughs>
5: I don't know what yeah. happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know how much confidence it gives me in this job knowing that the last guy to have it basically disappeared as soon as he left. He so I, I, you're, you're really selling it right now, Goose. Well, I'm I just, mean, it is what it
1: is. Uh, with some of the, <laughs> the headlines that uh, the professor brought up, of course, today, we got a new quarterback officially in Carolina. We feel for Sam Darnold, um, or do we? I, I don't know. I Look, if I'm a Saints fan – do I have any faith that any of these two quarterbacks can do anything out of Carolina? Look, I think when you look at people from Charlotte, they say they got a nice young defense, lots of talent there. They just really need a quarterback uh to do so. I think Baker has at times shown some flashes and some good play. I just think he's incredibly inconsistent and tends to make the bad decision. I mean, some of those interceptions in Cleveland last year, I don't know if you remember some of those, Nick. I mean, they were bad. They they were just like, the defenders are standing and going, oh,
5: what? Oh, okay. I'll just catch the ball. I mean, like, there were really bad interceptions. One of the things about guys like Baker Mayfield or people who are in Baker Mayfield's draft class is that they're still growing. They're still, they're still getting better as quarterbacks as time is going on. You know, some of them have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. But the ones who are still in the league are still trying to improve. Josh Allen is still at a point where he's just trying to get better and better, even though he's looked at as one of the class guys guys and, you know, upper class of quarterback in the league. You know, Baker took the Browns to the playoffs. Anybody who could take that franchise to the playoffs (laughs) deserves the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, I'd be more concerned about the head coach in Carolina than the quarterback right now because Matt Rule, I guess when you know, you know, and apparently he finally knew.
1: He probably knew. And we're going to know, Nick, I think – Early on in this season, what, where the Saints are in the division, you open up against the Falcons, then you, you know, host the Buccaneers and you have the Panthers, two of the first three on the road in a division, but you're going to play all three division opponents, one right after another to start the season. So you'll know
5: you'll get a, it's kind of like the Pelicans, you know, the Pelicans have that Western Conference, uh, you know, trip at the very beginning of the season where you're going to find out about this team, the the saints kind of have the same deal where you're going to find out how they stack up against the rest of the division, because they play them very early on in the season. Yeah. Uh, you want to possibly get a look at Jameis before the first game of the season. Uh, maybe you will get to see him against the chargers. I don't know if he'll be ready for that game, or maybe they'll just hold him out until the first game. But, you know, at the end of the day, This is going to be a prove yourself season for both the Saints and the Pelicans to see exactly where they are because they both are relatively young at key positions on the field. Mm -hmm. So we shall see.
1: All right. About 30 seconds here for shot of the day, Nick. Do you have anybody want to take a shot at or for?
5: I do. Uh, Sue Bird, uh, the, I want to say the oldest player in WNBA history to score a triple, a double, double. In the playoffs, yeah, you know Sue Bird continuously adding to her legacy as one of the greatest female basketball players of all time. So congratulations to her. I, I'm
1: going to take a shot of Goldschläger and uh and like pour it, make like a big old vat of it, right? And then just line up a mm-hmm. bunch of shots and just kind of little taste for all the Saints fans that are a little nervous right now about but <laughs> all the injuries. They're a little <laughs> nervous. I mean, let's be honest, they're a little nervous. Michael Thomas. I mean, these are some names. The twelve names today. You're kinda gonna need, but just, just, a, just a little something. I'm not giving you a full shot. I'm not giving you more, you know, just, just a little, just a little something, a little gold slugger. a little something. We'll, something. a little something. We'll be fine. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, Professor. Thank you, bud. Yes, sir. Alright, Matt enough after the further reviews up next. Thanks for tuning us, in. Uh, tuning us in. Thank you, buddy. Up next, Matt on ESPN
6: New Orleans. <laughs>